Hey, everybody, how's it going? This is Mikey G from Which Game First, and I'm here today with Eric and Shannon Geller, creators, designers, and awesome professionals who created Quests and Cannons, the Risen Islands. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for having us, Mikey. <laughs> hey, no problems. <laughs> it's good to hear from you guys again. Last time uh, we spoke, where were you guys at with this game? It was basically a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, we had actually just met you at PAX Unplugged. That's correct. Yep. Development-wise, we thought we were done. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, all your best planning and uh, the gods left. Pandemic hit. It was, uh, mm -hmm. that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that threw everybody for a loop. I'm not surprised that you guys are uh, are still trying to adjust from that. I, I hesitate to say it was like a blessing in disguise, but if we kept mm -hmm. on, you know, if we tried to push for launching that year, it would we were not ready. I think yeah, I've heard similar stories recently too, where people were like, "Yeah, you know, the pandemic messed us up," but then we we had a chance to look at things differently, and and then in a way helped a lot of people to pause, take a breath, and like really reassess where they're at. Yeah, for sure. I just want to preface this interview with the fact that we have three Pomeranians <laughs> and we're powerless over them and one of them is making little whisper barks right now which Aww, don't worry about that I, if people love animals so oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cute they, little. they yeah. get a little bit more intense when they start going though yeah <laughs> yeah I got a little Yorkie in the other room but he's real quiet so uh we're, that's we're nice what a good good little guy I'm sure that they'll be perfectly behaved for the duration. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah, so you guys were in the midst feeling like you're ready to publish and suddenly the pandemic hit and you did a little reassessment of where you're at. So so what benefits came from that little pause? The first one was that we immediately pivoted to tabletop simulator mm. um, and started playtesting virtually to really great success. That's awesome. We yeah, it was really cool. We scheduled um, weekly playtest sessions um, at first and advertised on Facebook groups that we were doing this weekly sessions. Mm -hmm. And we had a great turnout. We got regular playtesters in. Oh, um, that's awesome. So, yeah, to the point where we could get people familiar enough with the game where they could comment on balance issues and really help with drive the development of the game forward. Oh, that's amazing when you can get somebody to play test the same the game more than once. That way they can, you know, because when you're first learning the rules, you don't really have like a deep understanding of balance, like you said, and uh, it really helps you to develop stuff. So that's that's really a, an awesome thing. Now, you're you said you're on um, Tabletop Simulator, right? Right. You know, you can go worldwide with your play testing if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. And in uh, some cases we do. I mean, our art. So our artist uh, often comes. Uh, comes on to tabletop simulator to play test with us. He's, he's over in the UK. So, you know, there's, there is worldwide. So you get people to do uh, blind play tests too, without you sitting there helping them with the rules. And then you really get an understanding of how they're imagining what you're expecting from them in the game. Yeah, definitely. It's been really interesting because um, our goal with quests and cannons is mm -hmm. to try to bridge the gap between the seasoned gamer and kind of the newer gamers, such as myself. Part of the inspiration to designing this game was to have a game that we could play that we would both enjoy. Eric spent a lot of time being like, babe, do you want to try this game? And I'm like, I hate it. Babe, do you want to try this game? I'm like, I hate it too. And it wasn't really that I didn't like the game, but there was a learning curve because mm -hmm. him and his friends that have games their entire life would sit down and be like, oh, this game is like this reference, 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 yep. reference, reference. <laughs> games. And they're like, oh, I get it. 
And I'm like, I don't know anything more about this game than I did 10 minutes ago. Right. Because all so, those mechanics are still totally foreign to you. Our goal with this game was to try to keep it simple in a way mm-hmm. that it was very strategy based so that it would appeal to the seasoned gamer, but mm-hmm. with an accessible strategy to someone who's newer. That's like the magical uh, sweet spot, you know, like where Catan kind of falls, where the rules are simple enough and there's strategy. So people can come together on a game like that and all still have a good time, regardless of what level quote unquote you are of a gamer. Totally. And what would happen with these weekly play tests is I would have to like watch our son. So I couldn't <laughs> attend. Right. And Eric would come back with like 60 new awesome ideas <laughs> each week. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is insane. <laughs> and like, we basically argued for other couples. Mm-hmm. Like we, they don't have to do it because we did it for you kind of thing. He'd be like, oh, I got this great idea. This person tried it. And, you know, they're like a seasoned gamer, like five star nerd. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> five star nerd. No, <laughs> that's not going to work. Like uh-huh. that's too much. And then other things Eric would really like hardline on and be like, no, we have to do this for mm-hmm. balancing reasons. And I'd be like resistant to the change. And then I'd be like, all right, I guess you're right. <laughs> we have to play test again. Oh man, when, when we you kind of just went back and forth on everything until we finally came to a place where we're like, oh, okay, we're, we can both dig this. Like it's good. <laughs> yeah, that, inter- that interplay really, really allowed us to zone in on that sweet spot more. Mm-hmm. So that, that's been a really cool design process. If, if not a little antagonistic, <laughs> sometimes I mean, that's the, that's those growing pains though, you know, like to find oh, that God. where that pendulum swings right in the middle and that sweet spot is very tough to find, but, but it's great to have somebody on hand that, for either side of that argument, you know, where it should land. And we're both very stubborn Tauruses. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. so <laughs> I'm a Taurus too. I get it. it. <laughs> yeah, we fight for it, the side that we want. And I think that we've come to a good place with it for sure. <laughs> I mean, one of the toughest thing when you're designing a game like that is you could have hundreds of great ideas, but editing down to the ones that make it into the game because they fit the theme the best and they, they get to the point you're trying to make the best that, that is really a tough thing to, to be able to manage. And having two people to look at it all the time is, is a really great benefit. So it looks like you guys have been doing a lot more development since the pandemic hit. You feel like you're ready to publish. Am I right about saying that? Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's a lot of marketing left development wise. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. obviously don't want to jinx it, but I think, I think we're largely, largely done with as far as gameplay and mechanics go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels really clean. There's yeah. a lot of blind playtesting left to do. I mean, not a lot, but yep. enough blind playtesting left to do that we'll be doing over the next, you know, several months up to launch, probably, you know, through launch before we, we hit <laughs> right. print with manufacturing. Yes, that's great, though. That's a, a really comfortable place to, to be in the point where you're, you're solid and you're confident about your mechanics. But yeah, marketing and uh, and actually getting this thing out there, that's a whole brand new ball of wax to conquer there. That's definitely been the steepest learning curve with this whole self-publishing mm-hmm. thing is mm-hmm. uh, how do we how do we get people aware that we exist? Yeah, building up a following before you even go to Kickstarter is like an important step. You want people to know who you are and be excited about the project and kind of be brand advocates for you out there. Totally. It looks like you're on the right track and just knowing that it's half the battle, right? Right, right. <laughs> I'm so super so excited about the artwork balance too, because mm-hmm. that was another thing we argued about a lot was curb appeal. Like, mm, absolutely. All right, if we were standing in a game store, would I want to pick up this box or not? 
So we definitely wanted to have characters that all different people could identify with. Like if there's not a character that they're like, dude, I want to be this one. It's mm -hmm. harder to get them to want to play the game. Yeah. Understanding people's play styles and their aesthetic choices is really important. Yep. Yeah. So that's something we've worked really hard on finding a balance with. And I think based on the reactions we get from like our posts on social media, mm -hmm. it definitely seems like a diverse crowd is liking different things. So I feel like we've been able to do that. So that's really cool. <laughs> you know, you've kind of made it when people are arguing about like what the best strategy is for the game or who the best character is. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's definitely been a thing. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. not only the best strategy, but we've got people where characters or environment art that we post and it's like, oh, which one's your favorite? And mm -hmm. we get people, I was like, oh, everyone's going to like this one. Mm -hmm. And it's all different ones, which is that's <laughs> really cool to see. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's when you know you don't have to be perfectly balanced in every aspect of the game. As long as people feel like there's a, something superior, you're actually in the right spot. Unless everybody says, of course, the same answer, then you're in trouble. Right now, yeah, the <laughs> feeling of balance is important, but not to toot our own horn, but I think we, <laughs> we hit a pretty good spot mathematically balancing it as well. Mm -hmm. um, there, you know, there's some cool things that probably for another time that we could go into. Yeah, absolutely. That, but yeah. Once the game is uh, out there and we do the review and stuff like that, we, we can get into like all the, the nitty gritty parts of the game and stuff like that. Yeah. But, that'd be fun. Yep. Oh, that will be fun for me too. I love it. Uh, now our characters are anamorphic, right? Am I right about that? Yeah. So we, we went with like um, a more animal centric anthropomorphic animal fantasy race combination. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Sh Shannon came up with these brilliant ideas. <laughs> you want to go into that? Sure. All right. Let me hear um, it. When Eric was first designing the game, mm -hmm. there was a lot of newborn delirium. We had a three-month-old, and Eric had started designing, creating a Dungeons and Dragons campaign <laughs> prior to the birth of our son. We tried mm -hmm. that with friends for you know a couple of weeks, and everyone's schedules are really busy, and it kind of just died out. And then he had all of this content in his head that mm. just like needed a place to land <laughs> and a friend of mine's boyfriend is a really good artist and he had come over one day with these sketches like steampunk would you say yeah there's kind of mm -hmm. a steampunk vibe to it it was weird steampunk though yeah <laughs> and very detailed fine fine detail it's crazy like, like you, you almost can, need like a yeah magnifying yeah, glass wild that's that's awesome actually yeah yeah, so Eric, we're all just like chilling back there and in our art room we had at the time. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like the wheels were in motion. I had no idea what was about to explode out of him. <laughs> and I wasn't ready for it either. All of a sudden, like two days later, he had this like entire crazy game. Like including backstory and everything else too? Yeah, no, everything just kind of spilled out. <laughs> There's That's crew members fantastic. and you had to feed the crew members to keep them alive. We had sea monster <laughs> battles, like oh, a, a whole mini game of combat it, it, it was... yeah he was like oh you gotta try this and i was like not a chance was it originally kind of going like pirate yeah so we kind of like originally we kind of had this sci-fi fantasy kind of vibe with mm -hmm. kind of like a robot pirate ninja placeholder <laughs> like whole kitchen sink strategy <laughs> yeah so i didn't wake up one day or ever in my life think hey i want to design a board game mm -hmm. like at all <laughs> I right. kind of got like hijacked with like Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's kind of a good hijacking, right? Like I love when that kind of creativity just starts bursting out like that and you just can't help it. No, so. it was really cool. But then he's like, oh, we got to do this and that. And I was like, all right, if this is going to be something that I have to live with, like all the time, I need <laughs> to like put my two cents into it. <laughs> and I don't want to like go into like mostly females or gender because I have mm -hmm. cousins that like my cousin, Mike, 
is mm-hmm. the me in the situation and his wife is more like Eric. Like she's <laughs> right. a long nerd and he's not. So he would be me in this situation. Uh-huh. But I noticed that certain types of like characters or things appeal to different people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I said immediately to Eric, like, I feel like this game needs to be a little floofier. <laughs> if you ever want to get me to play mm-hmm. or any of my friends, like there's got to be some floof because this just isn't nothing about this is appealing to me at all. Yeah, no, it's it's so, great to cast a wider net like that. So you get a, a much bigger, yeah. more diverse crowd and, and it just ends up being more fun. Yeah. So then he was like, oh, well, what do you think about classic Looney Tunes characters like Mm -hmm. a bunny and like a duck and (laughs) a pig? So I was like, I don't know, maybe I feel like that's kind of like overdone. Mm -hmm. So months earlier, we planned on staying up maybe till like 1130 at night with his friend Paul Mm -hmm. working on Dungeons and Dragons characters. But I, again, didn't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons characters or races or any of those things. Uh So we wind up staying up till 6 a.m. I think I was like seven months pregnant at the time Mm -hmm. with our son. We're up till like 6 a.m. And they're like teaching me about races and worlds and this and that and all these things. So I was like, oh, my God, this is way more than I thought I was getting myself into. (laughs) Uh So as he brought up those little cute animals, I was like, what if we merged it with like Dungeons and Dragons races? So then you get cute floof with like more like backstory, more like Mm -hmm. there's like a culture behind each and every like Dungeons and Dragons character that's created. And, you know, cultures and your traditions. It's like hearty. (laughs) It's thick. Yeah. We're building characters based off our own personality and giving Uh like our own personality, like points. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I did this like whole enlightening eye opening experience. (laughs) I was like crying. I was like, this is wicked intense, dude. You kind of like psychoanalyzed yourself with Dungeons and Dragons characters. You went a little deep and more personally ever expected. It was way deep. I was like, this is too much. I was really fascinated by how much detail went into those races what you could build of a story. So I was like, why don't we do some of that? So then I was just like, poor. (laughs) Oh my God. A pig orc. Pork, get it? (laughs) So the upside, it sounds like you kind of stumbled into it though, is that people already know what traits they expect in an animal. Like uh, a rabbit is quick. So you can kind of make those attributes understandable in the theme of how the character is supposed to operate by what people already know about something in the world. And I'm guessing that's what you did, right? There's some complementary combinations, but there's also some that are more of the opposite. Like, cause we, we uh-huh. combine bunnies with dwarves. You don't think of dwarves as quick, like rabbits. Mm-hmm, so right. some of them come together juxtaposed rather than parallel. We got that earthy feel with the dwarves that, you know, corresponds <laughs> to the dwarves. So you, you can kind of get people from two different cultures, like, oh, cute animal, like anthropomorphic stuff. And the D&D Tolkien fans that like totally. understand the races that are. We tried to pull cool. from like different cultures, too, that we mm-hmm. thought embodied some of the same things as bunnies and dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we you went deep. literally make a movie easily about these things. <laughs> That's great. And actually, if you can get people interested in your game enough to where they they want to hear more backstory about the uh, the different races that you have in the game maybe they'll start making little fan uh, stuff well we, we we hope for stuff like that but i mean down the road we're we're hoping to do quest and canons the risen islands you know mm-hmm. we recently added the subtitle to it but that's because it's part one of you know an epic three-part saga mm-hmm. where this is the introduction to the story part two will go into this 
island delving dungeon crawl where players band together to okay. really explore these you know risen islands so right now the risen islands is, has like a pickup and delivery kind of quest between different islands like sailing theme to it right yeah so it's mm-hmm. like this overworld kind of look at going on and then it's not going to directly advance a narrative mm-hmm. you know we'll leave that for an expansion where it will bridge into more of a narrative driven you know explore this world you know intimately Oh, very cool. So, so you have a pretty good idea of the world in general already. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, yeah we've doing, been doing a lot of world building. There's been, you know, we have a lore Bible. We keep, you know, keep track. A lot track of bedtime of... stories. Yeah. All right, guys. That's great. It's going to be that's, fun. Yeah, it's a, we it's argue a... about that, too. I think, oh, I'm sure I you think do. this has been a great uh, marriage building exercise for us. <laughs> it's something intimate you guys can share with each other. That's great. We learn how to budge and work with each other and say, like, all right, this is yours. All right, you got that one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you're working as a team on on building a board game, compromise is definitely something that has to be learned or the ship sinks. Totally. (laughs) 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 Awesome. Very good. So so now we know where you're at. Um, We kind of have an idea of where you're headed. You have a plan for marketing and all that with Kickstarter and stuff. Jess had a really good conversation this morning. And the news isn't completely broken yet, but by the time... By the time this airs, I think I think mm-hmm. we'll be solidified in it, getting getting contract um, sent over. But we're we'll be working with um, Quillsilver Studio, um, Bre- Brenna Noonan, um, who did uh-huh. Everdell. Oh, so awesome! She'll be, yeah, she'll be managing the ads and the campaign marketing. She'll be helping us manage and run our Kickstarter campaign. So that's a huge boon to it. That is huge. No, that's great. And like a lot of times, designers struggle with that next step. It sounds like you guys have a, a good solid plan going forward for that. We're super excited about that. Yeah, so that, I'm excited for you. This is great news. Yeah, this is really cool news because I feel like our our project has um, some parallels um, with Everdell that mm-hmm. it will you know translate well with. Yeah, the look and feel definitely. You guys have beautiful components even in your early stages that you know of development. Um, I saw some pictures of the more recent stuff that you guys sent me, and it looks gorgeous, and it does have that kind of same feel. Uh, Thanks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> that's that's a tough that's a tough uh, hurdle to get through in design to actually have an artist that shares your vision and that you can afford <laughs> yeah that, yeah we've worked with several artists that have been phenomenal to work with mm-hmm. tony is the the main artist that has done a lot of the environment art sometimes it feels like he reads my mind and where <laughs> where i'm doing concept art for a flower that one of the creatures eats we're just <laughs> kind of going a little nuts oh into my, the world. Yeah. That's, deep. But, um, That's deep. I had saved a picture of a flower in my phone before. I never showed it to him. And then he links up the exact picture <laughs> that I had saved in my phone. I oh my like, God. There's no way you found that. That is wild. It looks like you guys have a solid plan. I'm really happy for you. Anything else that you'd like to tell people out there, you know, how to find it, how to play it online, any of that stuff? The best thing people can do is to sign up on our website, shorthopgames.com. You'll get sent a welcome email that will link you to all of our social media. It will give a link to a playtesting folder that will include a free print and play as well as map files for tabletop simulator links for tabletopia. So it gives you all, all of that stuff. So that's, that's the best way. There's a playtest survey where you can 
complete the playtest survey, you'll be eligible for an exclusive character pin. You're also exclusive for another character pin just <laughs> for signing up. And then when you back the game, you, you will send you, you know, those two character pins. That is really awesome stuff. All right. I just want to encourage people to get their pickier friends to try the game with them. <laughs> I think it'll be a keeper. <laughs> you guys heard this conversation just now, right? They developed it for everybody to be able to get in on it. And they worked hard at it, guys. So I want you to all give it a shot out there, okay? Thanks, Mikey. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much to Eric and Shannon Geller. Hopefully we'll be seeing that game in physical print and all be able to get together in the same room and play it sometime soon. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Thanks for joining us here at Which Game First. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Mikey.